Inside Group Real Estate is a full-service brokerage equipped to handle all your real estate needs, commercial sales, residential sales, and property management. Whether you're buying a first home or building a retirement portfolio, Michael Wimberly and his staff have the knowledge to help. Call Inside Group Real Estate today at 769-300-2651. Welcome to another episode of Chuck and Doug Reloaded. I am Chuck. I am Doug. <laughs> wow. We did, that. we did that without any rehearsal. That was, that was pretty, pretty good. good. I, yeah, not bad. <laughs> I, I kind of threw you out, threw you out on your own there, and you you responded. Hey, you know, I just that's what I do. I jump in when I feel like I need to. <laughs> All I'm saying is, um, yeah. By the way, uh, I got I started getting text messages from John Matthews yesterday. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, it was going to lead to a Doug's Fab Five question, but I'm going to save it for later. But yeah, just, oh, okay. you know, it's always good to hear from John because you know he's alive, you know? <laughs> so he resurfaces, then he goes back underground, then he comes yeah. back up for air, you know? I, I might have the world's longest uh, phone tag game going on with him. We have like, <laughs> it's like he calls me, I call him, neither of us ever answer when the other one calls. I. I don't even know what's going on there, but uh, yeah, I've, he's, uh, he's special in that regard. No doubt. Um, and always entertaining. Always. Yes. Inter you won't find a more entertaining human being. Yeah. Um, all right. So any, uh, any, uh, COVID-19 sports updates you want to share, Doug, anything you got, uh, anything well, that, you're, that you're seeing or hearing that interests you? A couple of things. I mean, Vaughn Miller tested positive for yeah. uh, COVID-19 and was really open about it which i think is good um i don't i don't know if people need to be you know i know they were on this whole privacy kick early on on this thing obviously um with some of that that uh the contact tracing and that kind of stuff they're talking about doing i don't think people are going to be able to be that that private about this and again i don't you know i understand people's you know privacy when it comes to health issues uh, this is one of those things i think there's a lot of gray area on and I don't know if people are um that but I was glad that Vaughn Miller shared that at least and uh you know we'll see uh what happens with that I, I saw where in the tennis world that uh, uh Wimbledon uh is canceled for the first yeah. time since World yeah. War II and then yeah. uh the French Open was postponed to September uh the PGA you can maybe speak yeah. on this a little bit that's getting cranked back up uh, June 11th uh, with no fans. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And I think, uh, it was it Brooks Kepka said, guys are going to be losing golf balls. <laughs> you know, they're going to be out there like us hackers, you know, cause they're the same skill. So they're, Could you be, know, yeah, yeah. It, they'll be, uh, they'll be out there losing golf balls cause they don't have, they're not every fairway is not surrounded by people or have a few people there. And I didn't see what they were doing to volunteers. I haven't read up on it completely yet. Well, but, I mean, most need, volunteers are older. Right. Well, will they need the same amount of people with the – you know what I'm saying? I mean, you're not going to have the crowds. You're not going to have any of that. So, I mean, that would severely cut down, I think, on some of the the volunteers and the people you would need to pull off a tournament, right? Yeah. Yeah. I Yes. Yes, because a lot of that is crowd control and, and helping – helping fans but you know on the course itself they have the shot link and they have the 
uh, yeah. you know, that charts every shot. And then they have the volunteers that help in the clubhouses and stuff. And um, so I'm, I'm curious as to see, and I, I have not read up on it at this point, but I'm, um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you can do these things. And so does that leads to the question, are we going to see team sports with no fans? I, I, I actually think we are. I mean, I, I think that's what we're going to see for, um, you know, at least until 2021, I, I, I would think, think so? that we're going to see, yeah, I would think we're going to see a, a football, football stadiums that are, you know, empty and that kind of stuff. My question would be, would there be a way to maybe social distance fan wise? Like maybe you give your season ticket holders, you each get two games, you know what I'm saying? Instead of, you know, your full allotment of, you know, eight games plus two preseason games, you would get, you know, NFL. Break, break them up. And instead of, you know, 60 plus thousand in a stadium or 70, 80, whatever you get in a stadium, you know, you take 15 or 20 and then you make it where people have to, you know, sit apart from each other. It might sound a little ridiculous, but at the same time, I mean, if I'm a fan of a team and I'm getting an opportunity to go to a game and, you know, I got to sit three seats between each person or whatever, I, I don't know. I might go under those conditions compared to other ones. I think what I think what you'll see the teams do is just not do it because of that. Because then are they going to? It would start just be a hassle. To, it'd be a right. hassle and aggravating fans, and you know, right. fans got left out, and those fans couldn't go, and those fans could go, and those, and you know, some of those, and especially if you're talking about college athletics, those big dollar boosters aren't going to want to miss anything. Well, so I think you just have to shut the. I think you have to shut the door. That's going to be the big question because, well, you yeah. know, the, the cost of what it is gate-wise, um, you know, it, it the gate means so much more to college athletics yes. than it does pro sports. And that's where I think, you know, you have to question, are we going to have a college season? Are we going to see an abbreviated season? Somebody brought up the idea of like, getting rid of all the non-conference games this year when it comes to college football. And I was like, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, don't you know, tease me with a good time. No, nobody wants to. Nobody wants to see. You know, I, I mean, really, when we talk about this, who wants to see Alabama play UT Chattanooga? Nobody. UT so, Chattanooga's athletic director. Well, sure, but if we, <laughs> if we, yeah, they like cashing that check. Yeah. I don't even know if they like playing the game. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, if they got rid of all those, that would give them some room and some time, and maybe. By that point, we could have some. I'm really like, I'm I'm praying as we all should be um, for the scientific community that hopefully something you know we're learning more and more every day, and hopefully by midsummer, towards the end of the summer, you know, heck, hopefully tomorrow they come up and figure something yeah. out. But you know, if they can figure out more things, and you know, like I said, learning every single day maybe by the fall we could we could actually get back to um a little bit maybe some normalcy before people are expecting it i guess well and uh we want to let everybody know we're recording on monday morning 420 and uh you know yesterday that when the numbers came out we went backwards a little bit with 300 right. new cases and um in the state so um, well I, you, the thing we have to remember is not everybody is on the same timeline you know what I yeah. mean with this thing? I oh, mean, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We watch the national news and, you know, like, even though there's still, you know, there's 
massive numbers in New York or the tri-state area up there, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, those areas. I mean, you're still looking at, you know, why even those numbers are coming down a little bit. You know, it's going to be propping up in other places or popping up in other places, that kind of stuff. So not everybody's on that same timeline. But, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right about that. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, no, no. That And, and Doug, just, just so you know, you don't have to call it the Tri-County or just call it Yankeeville for us down here in the well, South. Well, I, I, I said Tri-State. but <laughs> Tri-State I, I area. I didn't know if you – that's why I I fixed it. Yankeeville. Yankeeville if, covers the whole deal. Okay, yeah. North of Kentucky. North of Kentucky if, is Yankeeville. If I said tri-state to you, you would have <laughs> – what three states would you have thought? Would you have thought New York, Connecticut, New Jersey? I mean, what would you have thought? That's why I'm asking. I, so, so, but – I'm going to rattle my ice here real quick. Yeah, Go ahead. Okay. Um, so, that does lead me to the question, though, especially looking at our numbers here in Mississippi, and this is what I'm talking of specifically. Are you comfortable with relaxing some of these – uh, the the move toward relaxing because I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not comfortable I, with it. I'm really not either because again I I really feel like once we relax some of this stuff it's you know we're going to see a ramping up of the numbers again and and if we do that is that going to give us the it, it's certainly not going to give me the confidence to go out and treat get back to quote unquote normal. You know what I mean? Where I'm going to restaurants or going to bars and going here and there and everywhere, go to a mall, go there, go to games and that kind of stuff. I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm not real comfortable about at at this point, I wouldn't be real comfortable about putting myself back into a, a crowd and that kind of stuff. So we'll have to see, you know? Yeah. It's, um, And, and I don't think that ultimately, you know, rushing to open everything up. I know the economy's struggling. I know a lot of people are hurt, and I get it. Yeah. But I, I don't know if that's going to fix the economy because, again, if we're if we're right back where we are, let's say a month and a half or two months from now, let's say we relax some stuff and open some stuff up, and all of a sudden the numbers are climbing and this kind of stuff, and we're right back where we are social distancing and everybody being at home and sheltering in place and all this other stuff – I just I don't see where that's going to be a that's going to really kill the economy at that point in my mind. Yeah, I it, it'll be um following this is um and and uh you know this this hit I wasn't going to do this but because we kind of started a little bit down this path and I started mm-hmm. us down this path. It hit a little bit for home for me over the weekend. Now, uh, I will say that everything is fine and everything anticipates to be okay, but my mom has been diagnosed as 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 um you know that she's tested positive she's 81 years old she was in a facility they moved her to a hospital but after 72 hours if she's not showing any symptoms they'll take her back to the her facility and they'll just isolate her with others right so i mean in in it just feels uh, i think i told you yesterday when we were talking over text it just feels it's a little bit it's a little bit strange it's a little bit weird you know, to be in that position, especially when you talk about the elderly patients. Sure. I, I'm pretty sure my mom's got a pretty good immune system um, and maybe built well, up you've some antibodies. Yeah, well, no kidding. She hadn't, she hadn't died from that yet. But right. it's still, it, I mean, it, 
it's still been very, very real to me, but it just took another step of real, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, and let me be serious here for a second. Certainly I'm, I'm praying and I'm sure everybody within earshot of this is praying for your mom and your family to pull through this, just like we are everybody. Sure. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the reality of it is there. And, and again, this is going to, I, I think when all is said and done, this is going to touch everybody. Um, you know, that you're going to, there's not going to be a person out there that isn't going to know somebody right. or isn't going to have a, right. a, a connection or something to this. So, um, again, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, like you said, it took another step certainly with, uh, that news there. Well, and, and you know who I feel worst about for this in my family? I mean, other than my mom, obviously if she's going and and you know, she's got, she's got some Alzheimer's dementia issues. And so, right. um, she's a, probably she's a little confused everybody at the hospital but we've been talking to the hospital she's doing good she's feeling good she's um there's no kind of issues with that right but my senior molly I right mean, can you, she she if this were to do something devastating to our family and then her having her the year that she's had with school i mean that would be this would be like the worst year in history for her like well, it'd be yeah. hard. To, it'd be hard to top this for a bad year for her. I can tell you. Yeah, but I and I feel. No, I hope that doesn't happen. Obviously, right? Yeah. No, there's there's no question. I mean, I, I feel certainly bad for the the kids that are out there that were seniors this year that were looking forward to graduation, and you know, I mean, that's like I said, all that stuff is is kind of uh, gone, and and you know, they're not gonna get the rest of their senior year back and that kind of stuff. And look, everybody's senior year is kind of special to them one way or another. Uh, you know, when it comes to that, it's funny, you know, I was, my wife uh, is retiring, uh, not retiring, but she is, she's going to be a librarian yeah. after this year. And, you know, she's taught for uh, what, 28, 29 years, I believe. Um, and, you know, that's what she realized the other day. Uh, I think uh, my, my brother-in-law sent that to her. Like, do you realize, you are never going to teach in a classroom again and kind of hit her when she realized that, you know, uh, because of this, she was, she's not going to uh, teach again when it comes to this. So, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of things like that, that I think it's going to be tough for people. Certainly. Can I call her and ask her about the Dewey decimal system now? <laughs> I, you know, I think she had to learn that stuff. And that's what I kind of said. And I don't think they use Do it. They still use it. Do they still use it in the library? When's the last time you went in a library? Uh, seriously it's been, it's been a while I, I think we used to vote at the library so yeah but they've changed our but that was the last time i went to the no library. to get a book it's probably oh, to get a, 10 years. oh it's it's, it's maybe been more than that it's maybe been <laughs> a lot longer than that but yeah i used to love those card catalog things those oh great. yeah i mean the library used to be a lot of fun i mean it used to be a lot i used to love going to the library i mean for all sorts of different uh things especially if you had like a cool library like i mean yeah. you know like we used to be able to get records out of our library. Did you? Your Did you library and let you do that? No, I could, but I could check them out <laughs> yeah. and that kind of stuff, which was really cool. I mean, I always yeah. thought that was cool that you could check out records and stuff. Records I mean, my and my grandmother, my grandmother's library, you could check out video games like Atari cartridges, yeah. which was yeah. like the coolest thing ever. So I mean, yeah, we used to, we used to, I used to love the library though. I, I've always liked going to. Uh, the library. I wish I could go more. I should go more. I do. I still have a library card, though. 
I do actually do have really? a part. So yeah. Does that do. thing have do you have to renew that annually or does it <laughs> You know, that's a good question. Maybe maybe mine's <laughs> maybe. out of date, but I, I thought that it was the last time I checked, I think it was still good but i don't know i'll have to see but it, it's been a hot minute since i've uh stepped foot in the library and certainly used the dewey decimal system my my dad uh you, you know what my dad used to used to race boats right right well right, when sports correct. illustrated was nationwide it, one right. year he finished he, he was part of a team that finished third in a big race right uh it was a nine hour endurance race and they finished third okay. well uh evan Rude motors took out an uh, evan Rude? i think it was evan Rude took out an ad in a magazine, yeah, uh, a Sports Illustrated, actually. And so it wasn't like the regional Sports Illustrated like they do now with the local right. ads. Right, right, right. So it went out all over, all over the country, all over the world, whatever. And I used to go look at that magazine all the time in the library in my hometown. That's like really I, cool. Even though – and, and I actually finally got a copy go of it. go buy a copy of well, it? No, no, no. It was because it was seven years before, and you don't – you didn't uh, have the access. Okay, gotcha. So seven, eight years gotcha. before, whatever. Gotcha. Okay, I, but gotcha. actually, I did find a copy of it and got it framed for him. Yeah, that's, but, that's cool. But, um, but yeah, that, that's that's what I used the library for was just to go look at an ad that my dad was in where they misspelled his name. But anyway, okay. Hey, look, uh, I used to love looking at microfiche. That was always my thing that I used to yeah. like doing. I used to love that. That was great. That um, was like the that was like the internet before the internet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. Was, it was. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It was. It was pretty cool. Um, all right. Uh, let's get into uh, Doug. It's your week. Yes, it's draft week. Yeah, very excited. Um, very excited. So, uh, have you got any updates for Mississippians for us for the uh, for the coming up? And there's a lot of trade talk going on too in the in the first round in there there's a lot of rumblings about some trades possible there are there always is i mean you, you always hear you know when you when this time and that kind of stuff teams are maneuvering and i'm sure everybody's talking to everybody and people are putting out information and misinformation remember I, this is the week that you know i i really don't believe any of the stuff i hear this week it's kind of one of those you know weeks where you just you take everything you hear with a grain of salt so um, but this players. feels different, doesn't it? Because of, but I don't know if it's just we're hypersensitive to it because there's, I'm hypersensitive to it because there's nothing else going on in this world, right. really. Or is it because it feels different because of the situation for the draft? I'm going to say you're hypersensitive to it. Okay. I mean, to be honest with you, I think right. it could be. I think that um, when they get into the quote unquote draft, now look, I'm, I'm not saying the technical, um, the, the, how they're doing this and it's going to be, you know, uh, basically online and, and all that stuff. I, I think that's going to be one of the fascinating things about this. I'm excited about the difference. You know what I mean? Like how the draft is going to be di different this year. Um, you know, it might be worse. It might be better. I don't know. But I'm interested to see it without fans there, without uh, – I mean, you know, as a – draft lunatic like I am and and having watched all those and videotaped them for years and I still DVR it and I keep it about six months on my DVR and I go back and watch it and that kind of stuff so I mean all that stuff as much as I've watched over the years it that's going to be the part that's interesting to me is how different it's going to be um, this time around so that part of it is exciting to me as for you know, what's going on with, with the players and rumors and that kind of stuff. That's exactly 
what always happens if you're dialed into it. I mean, that you you start hearing all kinds of stuff about this player, that player, this player, that player. And again, you can't really believe any of it because a lot of it is being floated out there to influence uh, teams and the decision makers. So, you know, they have to kind of, you know, I, I mean, we've gone through this, um, gone over it over the years of rumors that have floated about players yeah. to, you know, hope, maybe maybe hope that players drop. One of the ones that I'm actually kind of believing yeah, because of this situation is the whole situation of what's going to happen with uh, Tua Tagovailoa and where does he go? And, you know, everybody seems to have him pegged when you look at mock drafts and that kind of stuff. Most people have him pegged for – uh, Miami with the fifth pick. I happen to think Miami is not going to take him with the fifth pick. Uh, Miami has three first round picks. Do I think they maybe get him at another point in the first round? That's a possibility. But I'm not going to be surprised if Tua goes anywhere from, I mean, he could go fifth to Miami. He could go sixth to uh, San Diego. I, mean, I was going to say San Diego. Um LA, the Chargers, that would yeah. make some sense. I, I think he maybe makes some sense to Jacksonville at nine. I think he makes some sense, you know, certainly the farther down the board he goes, he makes more sense to, I think, a lot of teams. With, uh, there's people talking about New England could be moving up to to take him if he does slide into the teens somewhere. So I, I don't know, but the, that's going to be a fascinating storyline what happens with Tua Tagovailoa and where does he go? And again, we talked about it last week. Uh, or if you're the Miami Dolphins, are you comfortable giving him $30 million when you haven't had your doctors have an opportunity to put hands on him? And here's a guy that's coming off a serious hip injury. He's had two other ankle injuries. And, you know, I, I think you have to worry about not so much is he going to come back from this hip injury, but what is the long term? You know, I mean, if you're drafting a franchise quarterback and you're you're investing in a franchise quarterback, you want that guy. I mean, in today's day and age, in today's NFL, if this guy's great, you're expecting him for, you know, 10, 15, heck, some, some cases 20 years now when you look at a, a guy like, you know, you look at how long – Drew Brees is playing. You look at how long Tom Brady's playing, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's a serious investment at that quarterback position. So I, I don't know. It'll be real interesting to see where, where Tua goes. That's probably with players, you know, the number one storyline when it comes to that. The, the the guy I'm excited about for Mississippi is Willie Gay Jr. and where he goes. I'm hearing yeah. a lot of things where people are talking about him early second round. I'm not so sure on that. I think there's going to be question marks, you know, again with him, with the the issues that he had at Mississippi State. Talent-wise, he's a first-round pick to me. But I think he goes I, – I could see him going in the second round. I don't know if he's going to go, you know, first, second pick in the second round like I've been hearing. Uh, but we'll see. We'll have to see. It'll, it'll be interesting to see where uh, he ends up. And like I said, there's a lot of Mississippi players – up and down the board in this draft. Uh, some other guys I'm excited about seeing. A guy like Quez Watkins, I'm excited to see where he goes. Cam Akers is a guy I'm excited about seeing where he goes. I could see him as a second or a third round pick. Uh, and then there's always the depth guys from uh, Mississippi and that kind of stuff that that 
get you uh, that are going to dot this draft up and down the board and certainly a bunch of guys that are going to get free agency chances as always. So let me ask you about a player that's currently in the NFL and there's some talk that he's on the trading block, Leonard Fournette. Fournette. Right. I mean, what is Jacksonville? I mean, mean, is that really the thing that you want to do? Well, I, you know, it's interesting because I think with him, I think when he's focused, I think when he's, you know, um, he's really doing what, what he can do. I think he's a great running back in this league. I, you know, he's kind of shot his mouth off a little bit in Jacksonville. He's had some issues, you know, outside of football in Jacksonville, nothing major, but I mean, he's had some, some missteps or whatever. And, and he's been a little distracted, I think. And again, are they getting, the best that they can get out of him. And, you know, when they've traded some players away and they've kind of gone through this rebuilding process and he's kind of shooting his mouth off and he's saying he wants them to go after Cam Newton and that kind of stuff, I I kind of understand why he's on the trading block. I mean, you've got, you know, they've got uh, Gakwe is is talking about that, you know, he wants out of there and he's not going to play for them anymore. And they, they've had a lot of issues with that. And, you know, there needs to be maybe a, a culture change and maybe, you know, they're trying to flush out the locker room from some of the, the guys that are maybe a little mouthier and maybe some of the, the bad apples. But it was one of the reasons why I wasn't sold on Fournette when he came out, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a lot of talk of, You know, when you give him this contract, what are you going to get? What are you going to get? And like I said, I think the guy's got unbelievable talent. I think he's a very good running back. But I still, you know, if we look at what he's done so far to this point in his career, he's kind of underwhelmed a little bit. He's had one really good year, and he's been, eh, okay the rest of the time. But I think if he got to the right team and got in the right situation, I think he could be, uh, you know, very interesting uh, he could be a very interesting addition. And again, that is always something. And I mean, you mentioned him and I mentioned uh, Yannick Ngakwe. He's another one that could be traded uh, during the draft. And there will be other players traded during the draft, which will always make it interesting. But yeah. Yeah, I, I just, um, I, I don't know. I, I it sounds it sounds like they're almost because they had a good team a couple of years ago. And right. again, I know that some things have changed over that and they've, uh, they've gone through some, you know, the Nick Foles experiment, which didn't work very well. Um, and then now Gardner Minshew is there. And I think that Gardner Minshew is a gamer. I think that he is fun to watch. I think that he is exciting to watch and doesn't, doesn't hurt that he's from Mississippi. So you got a lot of uh, interest in watching him. Yeah. But I, I think a- the supporting cast will help make him better. And I, Fournette's a, a formidable back, but if it's all about the locker room stuff, and we know how that that can change things, and you just hate to see some of these teams that seem cursed forever to remain right. almost cursed forever, and maybe maybe they'll turn that around. I hope they well, do. And that's what'll be interesting to see with that ninth pick that they have. What do they do? Does Jacksonville, you know, if you know, if a Tua Tagovailoa is there, do they take him? You know, and if they take yeah. him, obviously we know what that means for. Gardner Minshew if they take somebody like a Jerry Judy or they take you know one of the offensive linemen or they take you know a piece to build around 
Gardner Minshew. Maybe that lets us know what they think about Gardner Minshew a little bit. So it will be interesting. You know, I do think what they do with that ninth pick overall, and, and again, some things will be dictated before they're on the clock, but what they do with that pick will, in my mind, kind of, you know, let, let me know what they – it's kind of a referendum on what they think about Gardner Minshew a little bit. All right, so um, this is a really important NFL question, Doug. And once all of it is complete, you and I are going to go through the uniform changes for these teams. Yes, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And the Falcons need and, to start. And over. let me but, <laughs> and let me say this: I have I have not seen them all. I really have not seen all these, but it seems like there's a lot of them for this year. But go ahead. There's seven or eight of them. Seven yeah. of them, I think. Right. I'll, uh, don't worry, I'll get you. I'll get you up to date on that. You do the draft. I'll do the uniforms. Okay. All right. I've got a question question for you about the uniforms after this but go ahead okay, with your question okay okay no no that that's all i wanted to say that's all I wanted oh to say about oh that. we're gonna break that down so my question to you about the uniforms what's the one team out there that needs a uniform maybe upgrade or change the most that isn't getting one or hasn't gotten one who do you have out there for that oh that's a good one arizona probably okay or the falcons after their new one <laughs> Hey, everybody seems to be hating the Falcons. God, it's awful. I, I, yeah. I saw a quick glimpse of it. I didn't get like a full breakdown of it. Maybe I need to go look at it and see how terrible it really is. But. Yeah, and and anyway, we'll we'll save that for a for a. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I'm going to say the Broncos need uniform new uniforms. You those know, are really, those are really starting to look really dated now. You know, I, I would tell you if you look at the the teams in the NFL that have. The, the best uniforms are typically, typically, um, you know, the the Las Vegas Raiders, you okay. know, the, the, classic the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the Browns going back to what they went back to, which is a great has uniform. It, has anybody Dallas ever, Cowboys. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Has anybody ever explained why the Pittsburgh Steelers only have one logo? Has that ever been explained? I don't know, but only I love it. One, you like I, the fact I, that they have? I love it. I yeah. I I don't. That's different. You know, it's just different. You you know them when they walk on the field as much as you don't like them, as right. much as I don't like them. Right. Um. But but yeah. But if they had a logo on the other side of that helmet, would that take away I from the know. uniform somehow? No, I don't know that it would take away. But it's just kind was of it, like it's kind of like oh, our stickers fell off. Let's leave them off. Was it Art Rooney was so cheap he didn't want to put well, two two logos on every it's helmet? It's worked. It's worked for him. Eh, you know, right. uh, okay. the Browns got new uniform new uniforms this year, and nobody's noticed. And nobody, did you know that? They, I did know they did, and they didn't I, do orange pants. I thought and they, they looked good. They're talking about adding orange pants now. I mean, do you? The Browns never should have changed from the Bernie Kosar days. No, I've always I've always liked the Browns. Or the Jim Brown. And, it, it, well, Jim Brown. I don't think Jim Brown had the orange pants. I think Kosar right. and them had the orange pants. They, right. they they never should have moved away from that. Was their classic look? They updated yeah. their look from the early days to something, and then they went all haywire. And it's hard to it's hard to either improve or mess up that uniform. But they've managed to do both. There's <laughs> so. not, not much you can do with it. We're, but we're, anyway, go ahead. anyway, we're doing too much. All right, so right. um, we we got. A uh, limited time here. I've got the, I got things I got to do. People, oh, see don't tell me, don't go. tell me how rough, how rough the, water the water is. is. Just, just yeah. you know, let's right. go. Yeah, can you see this right now? Because I'm showing you something. Yeah, that's one. great. That's great. Um, 
All right, so we talked last week about athletes we'd like to have seen play, and I thought we had a pretty good conversation about that, and that spawned into historic sporting events you would have liked to have been at. Right. So I'm going to go first. Okay, go ahead. I've got a couple of them, and it's interesting that you mentioned uh, Bernie Kosar a second ago because he is in one of mine. So Really? Yeah, that's – yeah. All right, I got two of them really – well, there's three of them. One of them is personal, um, but the other two are just iconic sporting events. And you're, you may be on one of them. And I'll start with it. Uh, the 1980 Miracle on Ice. Okay. I, I figured that was a pretty obvious one. And I, I it was one of the reasons why I stayed away from it. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard to argue. Who wouldn't have wanted to be – in that arena i mean it, it's a why small, did you stay away from it well i stayed away from it because i just thought that was kind of i wanted to stay away from an obvious choice but that's that's fine i mean that's okay i mean i think it's a great choice by you i mean can i come with you i mean I, I yeah if we're, if we're in a hot tub time machine i figured we yeah. could all go together but yeah i think that's a great choice yeah i, I mean i can't imagine that is the i, I mean doug Yes. That is the greatest sporting event in the history in the of history this country of the world. I bet you there's a group of Russians that wouldn't agree with that, but you know, I mean that's okay. I, I think even the Russians would have to take some sort of tip of the cap to that. Right. You, you could kind of see uh, I mean, you got to feel that they believe. And the thing is, is that, and everybody knows, that wasn't even the gold medal game. Right. But it was the game that propelled them to the gold medal. But just sure. what had happened before, um, I, I can't imagine being in that arena and um, seeing how that just was just absolutely that, – that, that had to be – incredible to be at and to have a ticket for that event and which would have cost you probably four bucks at the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean no, and I, I agree with you. I think it's an unbelievable sporting event. It's, it's one of the greatest ones. It's one of those ones that people are always like where you were when you saw that, even if it was on tape delay, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, and if you've never seen the 30 for 30 that they did on it, it's really yeah. good because they do the Russian perspective of it which is yeah. kind of neat so uh it gives you a different uh take on that but yeah definitely uh, uh definitely a great choice there the miracle on ice is a good one all right what's you what, what's your first uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because i went with my my first one that i thought of because i thought back to like when i was a kid and i said let me think of something that you know like a sports moment that really caught my attention and a game you know, that I watched that, that really got me. And it was the miracle in Miami, which was, yeah. uh, the, the Doug yeah. Flutie. I mean, yeah. obviously everybody remembers the, yeah. the Flutie to Fallon touchdown, you know, hail Mary there. They won that game 47 to 45. Uh, you know, it was that last second 48 yard hail Mary there, but that game, that back and forth game between Flutie and Bernie Kozar, uh, in that game, both of them went over 400 yards. Both of them had four touchdowns. Uh, it was just an amazing game. I, I mean, you know, Bernie Kozar cussed on live TV. I mean, it was great. The whole thing was just, you don't remember that? You yeah, wouldn't have heard that, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was like, it was crazy. But, you know, I, I just, I would, you're right. I wouldn't have heard that if I was there. But 
that was such just a cool game, Melvin Branton for Miami. I mean, I love that Miami team back then and those Miami teams. He had four touchdowns in that game. That's just – I always thought that that was such a, a a cool game to be at. I mean, it was Flutie mania. I mean, growing up in New England, I mean, people were going nuts over Doug Flutie. And people weren't college football fans, you know, up there. I mean, people really didn't watch it. I watched it, you know, on Saturdays just to kind of, you know, get me through to – the NFL and that kind of stuff. But, you know, uh, to see everybody go crazy over a college football game was really cool. I just always thought that would have been a really cool game uh, to be at. You know, and another side note on that game, it cost uh, Keith Byers the Heisman Trophy game, you know, with Flutie and what that meant and that kind of stuff. He went to win the Heisman. Uh, I think Byers was kind of like, you know, was kind of a a guy at Ohio State that everybody thought was going to win it up until that moment. So, uh, yeah, that that's one of the games I would have liked to have been at through history there, but go ahead. What else you got for me? I got, I got, um, this is a two for really, um, okay. uh, the 1980 and 1981 Wimbledon matches between Bjorn Borg and John oh, McEnroe. That's a good one. That's, the, that's really good actually. But the, yeah. in 80, it was Borg that right. won and won the fourth, fourth set tie break 1860 <laughs> yeah which is uh and then 81 was when johnny mack um when he beat borg and i was a huge McEnroe fan at the time tennis but, was so good in the 80s it was so good in the 80s and uh, 90s it was amazing then yeah i i can't the, uh, uh, I mean, Wimbledon was always my deal back then, and right. then tennis has just kind of fallen off the radar. Yeah, um, for me specifically, but that those that those matches, Jimmy Connors involved, and uh, yeah. McEnroe and and Borg, but those those are to me the standout tennis events of my age and uh of my era i guess i should say and i would love to have been there for both of those and if i had to pick one over the other it would be the 81 match where uh mcenroe beat borg yeah yeah look that's a good one that's definitely a good one good choice there yeah all right uh my next one i'm taking you way back okay uh i well not actually all the way back because i got another one that takes me even farther back than that but i'm going back to december 29th 1973 Bruins at the Rangers. Bruins win four to three, right? Yeah. And then the teams kind of it was a it was a hard fought game. You know, it was old time hockey, that kind of stuff. Teams yeah. kind of got together. They got near the boards a little bit. One of the Ranger fans reached over and smacked a Bruin on the head with a program and then grabbed a stick <laughs> of a Bruin. Next thing you know, pandemonium breaks out. The Bruins are in the stands. I would have loved to have been at anything like that. Mike Milbury's pulling off a guy's shoe and beating him with it. There's, I, I mean, who wouldn't want to be at a game like that? I That's mean, why you, know, you try to just, start a fight with a Maple Leafs fan at a hockey game with me. Maybe, maybe that happened. Yeah. Beers were being thrown. I mean, all kinds of stuff were going on. But yeah, it was a New Jersey businessman that got beat with his own shoe by Mike Milbury. You can watch the video of that if you want to see that. 18 Bruins ended up in the stands on that thing. And here's the crazy part about that, right? 18 Bruins in the stands. Do you want to know what the suspensions were for that? Probably seven minutes. Terry O'Reilly got suspended eight games. Mike yeah. Milbury got six games. Peter McNabb got six games. Everybody else on Boston, except for their goalie, Jerry Cheevers, got fined 500 bucks. That was it. 
the that good old it. days. The good old they days. Were, That's what were the smoking, penalties were. Smoking cigarettes between they, breaks, between periods. Were. That's it, you know what they were talking about. That I, Mike Milbury tells the story that he was in the locker room already, and he lit up a cigarette, and he was wondering where everybody else was, and. Somebody said, there's a ruckus in the crowd. He threw his cigarette down, ran out there, and started beating a guy with a shoe. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, would you? who would not want to be in a shoe? Like that? You know, um, I mean, it would have been great. My dad used to tell me great stories of Ranger games when the Flyers would come up into the stands. And yeah, it used to be used to be wild in hockey. I mean, it, it, it's sad that we, you know, uh, I mean, you know, it, could you imagine if you had 18 players going into the crowd right now and you would have a total of you know 20 games suspended between three guys you would never see that i mean not in today's day and age no no and and you know what you know it's funny about uh that kind of conversation doug is that minor league sports movies really replicate what sports used to be like in in long ago when you look at Slapshot, sure you look at bull durham those are those are two really really good pictures of what sports used to be like in general. They went up in the they went up into the crowd and slap <laughs> right. shot. Yeah, I know. That guy threw his keys. <laughs> yeah. They went after him. The greatest sports movie ever. I don't the care what anybody brothers. says. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. And, now that, you, and Bull Durham's mo- really good. Now, now that movie, you know, slap shot. You you probably can't get away with some of the stuff today but no. yeah i mean if you want to go back in time and catch a time capsule certainly that's it right there so uh before we get to our land let me say this speaking oh of movies, i got more what are you I, talking about I, uh, I was showing my wife uh i was trying to get her to watch blazing saddles for a few minutes she okay. said she'd never seen it she wanted to see it well <laughs> really Where's early in going? that movie she went oh because yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. of some of the language in that movie right and, right. and she's like oh and i'm like yeah yeah but you have to if you you have to know the movie and you have to understand mel brooks to uh to appreciate that movie for what it is no doubt no doubt uh, all right i got uh, i got a few more games all right you got a few I, yeah you go ahead because i'm gonna end i've only got one more and i'm gonna end because right, well, i'm gonna well, chew you yours. out about it no 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 uh-huh. i want i want you to go first because i'm chewing you out about mine all right go i ahead. had a couple i had i had um you know when i was looking at baseball i was thinking you know the 77 world series game six with reggie jackson the three home runs where he got the mr october yeah. tag and all that i was thinking about that i thought that would have been really cool and then I was thinking, you know, man, do you want to be at something epic like Don Larson's perfect game? Yeah. You know what I mean? In 56, That's a good one. Something along That's a good one. Yeah. I was thinking that, that. But you know what I went with? What? I went with 1951, yeah. the New York Giants winning the National League pennant. Bobby Thompson yeah. shot yeah. around the world. But I, yeah, be, but I want to be sitting in the press box right next to Russ Hodges so I can hear yeah. the famous call, the Giants win the pennant call. That That would be my baseball one. You wouldn't hear it. You'd be back at the at getting a hot no, dog. I said I would be in the press the box. I'd be sitting right. I wanted dog. to be sitting right you, next. You'd be at the it hot is, dog at the hot dog thing in the press box. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't have heard it. The funny thing about that was, have you ever heard the story behind how they have that call and why they have that call? I don't think so. They have that call because there was a fan of uh, the Dodgers that that hated the Giants. And he wanted to record them losing. And he uh, recorded it. And that's the only reason they have a recording of that call. 
is because some <laughs> hate-filled Dodger fan wanted to that's awesome. record that. And, and he gave and, it I mean, up, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know. But, I mean, that's 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 pretty cool how, you know, that that recording was, was uh, caught there. All right, I've got one more for football. Do you want me to do that sure, one? Sure, go ahead. Okay, I, I had a tough time choosing, but I wanted to go way back. And I went with the 1967 NFL championship, the ice bowl. I've always wanted to go Ooh. to Green Bay to see a game. Really? So I was going to go there, freeze my butt off, and see the Packers beat the Dallas Cowboys 21-17 on uh, Bart Starr calling uh, Brown Wright 31 wedge. Uh, so, you know, that one I definitely – minus 15. Maybe I wouldn't have wanted to go after – Five seconds of dealing with those, you know, when the average wind chill was what minus forty eight, minus thirty six, I think. Yeah, is what they were saying with some of the stuff there, the Lambo turf heating system failed. Of course it did. It always does. Yeah, sure. So you know, uh, but anyway, yeah, there's some, there's some great, you know, I, I think some of the great plays that get forgotten out of that game. Dan Reeves had that fifty yard halfback halfback option pass to uh, Lance Rensel. If you ever see any of those. You know, the NFL films, the NFL films were kind of built off of that game. Yeah. So it's just kind of yeah. that, that I would like to go back with a Walkman and watch that game with, and listen to the yeah, NFL films music. Why, why, why was it in That would be, yeah. be awesome. Um, all right. So here's my last one. And this is relative to both of us. Super Bowl 48 that we had a chance to be at. Had you we answered did? your phone? When did we have a chance to be at When that? Sugar Ray tried to call you no. and get us tickets because he had access to tickets. And he no. could have gotten us tickets if if we'd have ponied up, like, you know, the cost of the ticket. But you didn't answer yeah. your phone. Mm. Well, but you wouldn't have gone, though. Probably not. Seriously? Probably not. You, probably I mean, not. I mean, see, I, I think about this. I wouldn't, if we I wouldn't have road trip to, to the Seahawks to watch a Super Bowl. I wouldn't want to jinx it. Like you, uh, you know, jinxed other opportunities when they went to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I no, I would have been very happy. I was very happy watching it at my house. You know, I, what about I what about forty nine of that? <laughs> <laughs> have very unfond memories of the other Super Bowls that they were uh, involved in forty, yeah, forty nine, and not so much. But I can only pretty- watch either one of those to a certain amount to a certain point, and then I got to turn it off. Like you know, right before and, they hand it off on forty nine, and and, and and we're completely different on this. We've talked about this before. Yeah, I've explained. I'm a sports. I'm a sports masochist. I yeah. I can't turn away. I watch. I watch my team lose and watch it and watch it and watch it and watch it. I can't not turn away. I have to watch it. Oh no, I so can't. It just pain. It hurts. Hurt. It hurts. Oh, I, no. It's painful. Oh, no. Still hurts. Still forty hurts. Still, and we're what? Yeah. How many Super Bowls are fourteen years or something like that? I don't know. What Super Bowl are we on? Like ninety-seven? I don't even know which one it is. What? I used to know every Super Bowl and every team and every yeah. score and you're old now. every site. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more of them. And yeah, you're right. I am older now. But I used to. I used to be that same way with the draft. So, and I'm not like that anymore. So, I mean, I used to be a. You know, I used to be able yeah. to tell you. You know, you could. There was a stretch of drafts. That you could, you know, probably from about 88 to about 96. Yeah. That you could have, like, you know, there was a time in my life up until probably the early mid-2000s where you could have, let's just say up until when my daughter was born. Yeah. That you could have, like, 
in 2004, you could have hit me with a player and I could have told you what round, what pretty close to what pick and definitely the, the team and that kind of stuff. And you could have just named one and I could spit it out. And now I can't remember who got drafted last year, where, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it happens. It All right. Happens. Uh, before we get out of here uh, real yep. quick, I know you started watching the, uh, the series on the bulls last night. I've got oh. it recorded. I haven't seen it. Do, do me a quick, uh, do me a quick review of the first two episodes and okay. people are planning on watching it. I'm, I'm going to be I'm a, full disclosure. You the know, last I'm dance not, is that what it is? You know, yes, the last dance. It's called it's a ten part series. It's going to be on Sunday nights. I think they're doing two episodes for the next couple of Sundays. Um, it, full disclosure, you know, I'm not a huge Michael Jordan fan, right? You know, in fact, I'm 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 pretty negative towards uh, Michael Jordan and that kind of stuff. I I, I it's good. Let me yeah. just say that. Um, first episode I thought was a little on the boring side, to yeah. be honest with you. I just didn't think there was much ground covered. I and mean, it's like, okay, everybody hates, you know, Jerry Krause. Okay, we all knew that. You know what I mean? Um, you know, oh, they went and played in Paris. Okay, great. All right, we knew that. All right, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of ground covered there. Episode two got into some interesting stuff, though. They started talking about the Scottie Pippen issue and his – you know, uh, situation with his contract and, you know, he was severely, severely underpaid, um, by the bulls for a really long time. He, he, and I did not know this, but he, uh, he signed a, I think it was in, was it, uh, it was basically, I, I don't have the exact year, um, when it started, but it was during their championship run, right? Scotty Pippen was second in scoring, second in rebounds, second in minutes, first in assists and steals for them, right? We know what a great player he was, right? Yeah. In that run, he was sixth in salary on the Bulls. He was 122nd in salary the last year of his contract, which was the last year that, what, that 97 year when they won the sixth championship. He was the 122nd paid player in the league. It's pretty amazing stuff, and he explains why he signed that long-term contract, and he signed it because, you know, his dad was disabled. He had another. Who I've, uh, met, his, I've met his dad before. I really? And yeah. One of, his, one of his brothers was disabled, and he felt like he needed the long-term security to take care of his family and that kind of stuff, and that's why he signed that long-term contract. But it, it was just – it was a really interesting part of that story and that kind of stuff. Let me say this, because I saw a lot of people on Facebook going, you know, goo goo gaga over this thing. It's good. It's as good as everything else ESPN has done documentary-wise. I don't know if it's better than anything. You know, people were, like, falling all over themselves how great it was. And I'm like, okay, you know, I understand we've all been without sports for a while, and we need something fresh. And I get it, and I think that's part of it. And I know people, you know, love Jordan and they love the Bulls and they love that era of the NBA and that type of stuff. And like I said, I think it's real interesting. I thought the second episode was miles better than the first one. Yeah. But I'm hoping that I, I get the feeling that this whole thing could have probably been condensed down some. And I'm wondering if we're going to get some episodes that are you know, some are better than others, and it's unbalanced sure. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you know, like, it, it has a feeling like Quentin Tarantino ed- edited this thing. 
And I'm, I'm a little concerned from that regard. You know what I mean? It's like, this would have been a really good movie, Quentin, if it was an hour and a half, not three and a half hours. All right. So tune into that on ESPN. Look, it's going to be a ratings boon for him regardless. Oh, no I doubt. mean, it's going to be no huge. Uh, gonna, I, and and yeah. let me say this. If you haven't seen it, watch it. I definitely yeah. think it's worth watching. I definitely think it's good. Like I said, it's just as good as everything else that ESPN does when it comes to documentaries you know what i mean i didn't i didn't find it you know earth shattering like some people seem to be saying on social media last night i'm not pointing fingers at anybody but go ahead all right let's get into our doug's fab five here gotta wrap up pretty all right let's Uh, do doug's fab five new york city draft or rotating location draft (sighs) new york city draft i just you know it's the one draft i went to i was in new york city 2004 um there's just something about it being you know, at Radio City Music Hall, the Madison Square Garden, that kind of stuff. I understand why they're moving it around. I get it. I think it'll be cool if it comes close to here. I should have went to Nashville last year. I didn't. Um, you know, if it ever comes to New Orleans, it would be a great experience for people to go to. Yeah. Um, you know, but we got to get through all this COVID stuff first. But go ahead. LeBron or MJ? I think I know the answer to this one already. Ooh, man. That's a good – can I say neither? No, you got to pick right, one or let, the other. That's right, what Doug's me, Fab Five is. Let me go, MJ. Okay. Wow. MJ was the better. MJ was. I'm shocked. MJ was the better player. MJ's won more championships. Uh, I, like I said, I don't. I'm not a fan of either. I and it, actually, at one point in my life, early in his career, I was a Michael Jordan fan. I know people find that hard to believe. I was a fan, and then I turned. I, I got turned off by all the Jordans. Because he kept but, whipping the Pistons. All right. That, uh, did, that didn't help. Yeah. That HBO did, or Netflix? Uh, you know, I got a lot of fond memories of HBO. Loved HBO. Yeah. Uh, HBO's good. I mean, I guess we're all in the streaming world now, so I'll go with Netflix. Okay. Golf major or tennis grand slam? From what era? I think uh, just overall, I would, just overall. I think now I would say golf major, but if we're going back into the day and we're getting in the hot tub time machine, I'll take tennis major. Okay. Olympic hockey or Olympic basketball? Olympic hockey, I think because it's more – Olympic basketball, it's like if we don't win, it's, you know, okay, we didn't win. Yeah. All right. You know, like, I mean, we're expected to win. Yeah. You know, whereas, yeah. like, Olympic hockey, I think is it's a little – a little more competitive. All right, Doug, we got a few minutes. Give me your album of the week, and then we can All wrap right. up. Album of the week, I went with uh, – I've been trying to mix it up. I've been trying to mix up genres, that kind of stuff. I almost, because of the Bulls thing, I almost went with uh, Alan Parsons' project, Eye in the Sky. Oh, yeah. So I, I yeah. almost went with that. See? I mean, Bulls fans, I, like I don't that. hate you. I almost went with that. I didn't, though. I went with uh, <laughs> I went with a double Psych. live – I went with a double live album. <laughs> Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, Live Bullet, recorded back in the mid-70s in Cobo Hall in Detroit. Uh, I I pull this this album out, right, and I crack open the gatefold, and I swear it like wafts of, like, Marlboro and, like, like (laughs) Jägermeister and, and ah, man, I smell like rumple mints right now. I mean, you know, it it just has that that feel it's a it's a really really great live album you know what i mean i just like i said i, I 
some people don't like Bob Seger. Bob Seger studio stuff, eh, it's all right to me. Bob Seger live, great. I mean, the 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 greatness of that band really is some great songs in there. Nutbush City Limits, they cover uh, the Ike and Tina song there. Uh, Traveling Man, Beautiful Loser, got to play those two together. Great songs there. Um, you know, Ramblin' Gamblin' Man, Catman Do. There's just a lot of great songs off this album, and it's a really, really great live album. So Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, Live Bullet, check it out. Uh, there, you can find that. You can find copies of those anywhere. But uh, get your get yourself one. Or you can go online and listen to it if you Sure. Want. Get it on Apple Music or something. You, know? you can do that. You, probably go on, you can probably go on YouTube and listen to the whole thing for free. You're right. There's no question. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, Dougie. Thank you, buddy. Yes. What are, you, are you Bob Seger fan? I, you know, and I mentioned that, and I did not mention how. Explain. How did I not mention turn the page off that album? Is that's that a not good like question. the? Is it's that not the, like the, That's the quintessential live song, isn't it? It's the live road song, right? right. I mean, that's right. the you know being a rock star is tough. Song, sure. You know. Yeah. All right, I got to get out of here. Chuck and oh, Doug, boy, you're loaded. really running me off I, this I, thing. I, I am. I'm sorry. I, I got. I got commitments, bud. Uh, Chuck Whatever. and Doug Reloaded is produced by Mississippi Scoreboard. Be sure to subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Switcher, or wherever you find your podcast. For more on Mississippi Scoreboard, you can find us at MississippiScoreboard.com or Facebook at Mississippi Scoreboard and on Twitter at MS Scoreboard. Don't forget to listen to the Beyond the Score podcast produced by Mississippi Scoreboard. And that is it for this edition say, of Chuck and Doug else? Reloaded. Thanks for listening, everybody. What? Say something. Hurry up. I got to go. Like, rate, and share our podcast. If you like it, go go ahead and do that, please. Thank you. Very good. Yeah. Thank you so very much. I don't have to say anything else. This episode was brought to you by Insight Group Real Estate. Insight Group Real Estate is a full service brokerage equipped to handle all your real estate needs, commercial sales, residential sales, and property management. Call Insight Group Real Estate today at 769-300-2651.